This is the Worth Recovery Podcast, featuring women in addiction. Welcome back to Worth Recovery and the Worth Recovery Podcast. My name is Amy. I'm your host here. I'm also a sex addict and a food addict. I've been sober since December 2nd of 2012. And I'm super excited to be back with you. I have been so sick and had no voice. Today I think is pretty much my first day with a clear enough voice to be able to record a podcast. And I've missed recording these. I've missed being with you. These podcasts have done so much for my own personal life, my own personal recovery. I hope they've helped you and benefited you. But if they haven't, then you probably wouldn't still be listening, right? Yeah. So anyway, I'm just really grateful to be back and grateful to be able to share some thoughts with you today of something that's kind of been going on in my life and a realization that I've made over the last few months, I would say, probably, maybe even four or five months. As I've been dealing with um, some things surrounding my mom's cancer and um, and my mom's uh, going into hospice care and things like that. So I wanted to talk today about um, acknowledgement. And maybe that sounds a little weird, <laughs> acknowledgement. But let me, let me start with maybe a story and then um, we'll kind of hopefully make some sense of what I want to discuss today. So... As my mom, you know, in the last few months as we've been, I've been trying to spend so much time with my mom and as much time as I can, one of the things that she has wanted to do is to revisit some of the pictures that we have in boxes of our family. And we have these, I mean, for years we've been talking about, we're going to finish the pictures. We have boxes and boxes of pictures of our family growing up and they've been sorted into years or sometimes into categories but we really haven't done anything with them to make them displayable or to make them even really accessible and so my mom wanted to scan all these pictures in and and I wanted to as well because I wanted to get some of the stories behind some of these pictures before my mom passed away Um, names of people and stories and experiences that we could share and put out there before my mom passed. So we've been working on scanning these pictures. We have a really great scanner. We've been doing it together. My sister and I mostly have been doing them and then asking my mom about the ones that we don't know about and questions or years or where this was or what this was. And in some ways, it's been totally amazing because I've been just looking at these great pictures of my family growing up and had a lot of really, really great memories come back and remembered a lot of really great things from the past. And the same time, though, at the same time, some of these pictures are not the memories that surface with some of these pictures, I should say, are not so great. Um, they aren't the happy family life that you think of sometimes as children or as adults when you look back. And some of the memories that have come up are are not fun at all. <laughs> They're about my own isolation. They're about my own rejection. They're about my own anger. 
Um, They're about some of the circumstances that happened to me that were beyond my control. They were about my, a little bit about my abuse. Um, Just some memories that have come up that just haven't been really great. And I've been trying to do the best that I can with these memories, right? Because memories resurface all of the time. And I'm a firm believer that memories resurface usually for a reason, um, especially negative memories. Um, and negative memory probably isn't the right word. It's not that it's necessarily negative, but just some of the difficult memories, we'll say that. Some of the difficult memories, I believe that they resurface for a reason. They help us. They teach us. Maybe we need to work through them. Maybe we need to look at other angles. Maybe we need to do things. So these memories have been resurfacing and it's been overwhelming, probably because I'm just trying to do this picture project really quickly. And so the number of memories have just been overwhelming and I haven't really been able to deal with a lot of them. But what I have done is just, you know, written them down, just a few lines to help me remember um, and to, to think about eventually circle back to those and think about what needs to happen. But as I've been, these have been resurfacing, some of them that have been really difficult for me, I've been trying to share with other people, right? That's what we learn in recovery. One of the great things about recovery that I've learned is learning to bring the inside out to voice, put a voice to what's going on inside me, put a voice to my own emotions, put a voice to my own feelings, my own body, put a voice to all of the chaos that was going on inside of me for so long that I just held deep inside. And that's one of the great things about recovery. That's one of the great things about this podcast too, is it's kind of forced me to put a voice to a lot of these things that have just kind of been ambiguous in my life. So I've been trying to share these memories with some people that I feel are safe. Um, Some people that I think can hold that for me or can be a support to me as I go through these difficult times. And I've been, to be honest, I've been really surprised at their response. Some people have been really great and have held that space for me and been able to just listen to what I've had to say and be supportive and express empathy, express how they related to that and be able to just kind of hold that for me during this difficult period in my life. But then others I've gotten really varied responses from, you know, I've been told things like, you, you can't think about that. Like, don't think about the, the bad things that happened in your life. I've been told things like, wow, you know, that sounds like you're blaming everyone. Like, you know, you're blaming your mom. Like, how can you do that at this time when your mom's dying? Like, how can you put so much blame? Or, or they'll say things like, don't talk about it. I don't want to hear about it. Don't talk about it. Don't talk about it. Just kind of shut me down, right? I don't, I don't want to hear. Don't talk about it, they say. Um, sometimes they say things like, you know, why are you, why are you acting like a victim? Like, you know, why are you, why are you saying those things? Like you're acting like a victim, you're playing the victim card in those situations. And it's been really difficult to hear. It's been really difficult as I've tried to just share a, you know, a difficult memory to be kind of bombarded with this idea that it's not okay to share these things or to talk about these things. And so as I've thought about that and as I've experienced this from different people in my life, some in recovery, some out of recovery, you know, some siblings, some friends, like a variety of people, 
as I've tried to deal with this kind of response that I received, I want to share with you some of the conclusions and some of the feelings that I came up with. Some of the things that surfaced for me as I've been trying to simply acknowledge the things that have happened in my past or even simply acknowledge how I feel about it now in the moment, my current reality, right? And so I've come up with a list of things that acknowledgement does not equal because a lot of times the responses that I received made me feel like it was a horrible thing to just simply acknowledge what was going on. Now, before I share this list with you, though, I want to share with you a quote from a book I've been reading. I've been reading this book called The Body Keeps the Score, and the book is by uh, Dr. Bessel A. Van Der Kolk. And he's written a couple other books, but this book is fantastic. It's just about the idea that the body always keeps the score of trauma and things that have happened to us. But this quote says, As long as you keep secrets and suppress information, you are fundamentally at war with yourself. The critical issue is allowing yourself to know what you know. That takes an enormous amount of courage. Close quote. So again, this whole concept at the beginning, as long as you keep secrets and suppress information, you are fundamentally at war with yourself. I've thought a lot about that. You know, I I don't feel like I'm keeping secrets, but I feel like the response that I have received as I've tried to share these things requires me to suppress information. And so I wanted to talk a little bit about acknowledgement, just simply acknowledging reality the reality of things that have happened in the past, the reality of things that have that are currently happening in your life, the reality of how you feel in your body, the reality of your emotions, all of those kind of reality things, acknowledging what is happening. A lot of us don't like to acknowledge what has happened. And I think that society kind of conditions us not to really acknowledge some of the difficult or damaging things that are happening or what society calls negative, right? I think society kind of conditions us to not acknowledge the things that are happening. But I, I want you to know, like, acknowledgement is simply a statement of fact. That's all it is. It's simply a statement of fact. This happened to me. This was the situation. This is how I currently feel whether that's justified or not, it doesn't matter. Whether there's a condition for that, whether I shouldn't be feeling that way, you know how much I love that word should. Whether I should or should not be feeling that way, that doesn't matter. Acknowledgement is simply a statement of facts, just simply a true statement about what is going on for you. So I want to share with you a few things that acknowledgement does not equal because these are the things that I have seen other people respond as I've tried to acknowledge my own reality. So the first one, acknowledgement does not equal blame. Okay, so acknowledgement does not equal blame. When I went to my brother and I tried to share an experience, a memory that came up, um, my brother instantly said to me, why are you blaming mom for your life? That was his first response. Why are you blaming your mom for your life? And wow, I kind of sat there and thought, I'm not, I'm not blaming anyone. Like there is no blame here at all. And I explained that to him. There is no blame here at all. I'm not blaming anyone. I am just simply stating what happened. That's all I'm doing. There's no blame involved. 
a lot of people feel like if I acknowledge something, then I'm blaming someone. If I acknowledge that my feelings were hurt, then I'm blaming them for hurting my feelings. If I acknowledge that, you know, this difficult experience happened to me, that I was abused or that I have an addiction or whatever the deal is, then I'm blaming other people for my life and for my circumstances. That's not what acknowledgement is. Acknowledgement is simply a statement of fact. And I'm not trying to blame anyone. If you feel like when you're acknowledging someone that you are blaming, then you need to really think about that because acknowledgement is not meant to be a blaming session. I'm not meant to blame other people for what happened to me. I'm just simply trying to acknowledge what happened. Because if I don't acknowledge, like Bessel van der Kolk tells us, right, then I'm fundamentally at war with myself when I suppress information. And so I need to acknowledge what is going on in my life without blame. The second thing that I've kind of come to the conclusion, or not come to the conclusion, but I want to state, is that acknowledgement does not equal fear, right? I know one thing that prevents me sometimes from acknowledging what's happening is because I'm afraid of other people's responses. And so I won't acknowledge how I'm feeling in the moment, or I'll lie about how I'm feeling in the moment because I'm afraid of their response, or I don't want to hurt their feelings, or I don't want, you know, them to be upset. So for instance, this happens, We I see this a lot with little kids because I have little nieces and nephews that I spend a lot of time with. So they are more than willing and, and very willingly, I said that twice, but they are more than willing to acknowledge reality. They'll say things like, that woman is fat. Okay. And that's true, right? That woman maybe has some extra weight that she's carrying, right? And we as adults, we tell them, we tell kids things like, well, don't say that. Don't say that. You're going to hurt her feelings, blah, blah, blah. And that's okay. I get, I get, I get trying to be polite about that and that you don't want to hurt someone on purpose or hurt their feelings. But in reality, what's going on is that child is acknowledging the reality, acknowledging fact, right? And we tell them, don't do that. Don't acknowledge reality. Don't acknowledge the facts. Don't acknowledge what you see. And that creates a, a contradiction in their mind. Like, this is reality, but you're telling me not to talk about it. And something as simple as that can create a massive problem for children as they get older. It creates a massive problem for adults, right? We don't talk about how we actually feel. We don't talk about reality because we're afraid of hurting other people's. We're afraid of hurting their feelings. We're afraid of their responses. We're afraid of what's going on. Now, sometimes that fear is justified. I'm not I'm not trying to say that you just got to go around acknowledging reality 100% of the time, you know, or do reckless behavior. That's not what I'm saying, right? What I'm saying is that as long as we keep secrets and suppress information, we're going to be at war with ourselves. And so we have to start acknowledging things regardless of the fear. And this is a real thing for me because I don't want to, at the end of my mom's life, I don't want to confront her with a lot of the things that have happened to me that are negative. And so maybe the right person, you got to be careful about the right person to acknowledge these things too. For me, I'm not going to go to my mom and say, hey, you know, all these horrible things happened to me when I was a kid and I want to acknowledge those. That's not the right thing, right? 
And there is a real fear around her hurting her feelings or causing some massive problems for her at the end of her life. But I have other people in my life that I can go to and share these things with, right? So we need to be careful about that, but we need to not let fear keep us from acknowledging our own reality. Now I've got two more. I think acknowledgement, we need to make sure that we know that acknowledgement should not and does not, does not equal shame. It's so difficult sometimes to acknowledge reality because of the shame that comes along with that. For instance, my personal journey in the last three or four months has really got me to focus on my issues with food. And I have come to the very stark, difficult reality that I cannot be trusted with food. I tell myself that all the time. That is my reality. I cannot be trusted with food. I had a really difficult time coming to that reality because of the shame involved. Who wants to say, I cannot be trusted with food, right? Just like I cannot be trusted, you know, with sex, right? For a while, I could not be trusted with a variety of sexual things with my sex addiction. In food, I have to come to the conclusion that I cannot be trusted with food. And there's a shame in acknowledging that reality. And, but I have to remind myself all the time that acknowledgement is not about shaming me. It's not about shaming the other person. I don't acknowledge reality in order to shame the other person. This is something I've worked really hard at school when I teach, when I was teaching school. This is something I've worked really hard at is to acknowledge reality without shaming the other person. Acknowledge reality. You did not get your test done in, within the deadline, Right. And now what are we going to do to fix that without shaming the person and being like, what's your problem? Why didn't you get it done? You know, what, isn't this important to you? Isn't our relationship important to you? Isn't your career and your school important to you? And not, not go through the shame spiral, but just simply acknowledge reality. I think there's a lot of power in being able to acknowledge reality without shaming this other person or myself. And the last one I want to say is that acknowledgement does not equal victim mentality, right? When I acknowledge something, I'm not saying I'm a victim. I don't have any control over these things. I don't have any, you know, things just happen to me in my life. I lived a, a life like that for a long time, the victim mentality life. And now I'm learning that acknowledgement does not equal victim mentality, when I acknowledge that something happened to me, I'm not saying I don't have control over that. I might not have had control over it in this, in, in the, I might not have had real control over it when it happened, but I do have control over the consequences in my life and I do have control over what I'm going to do now. And acknowledging that, acknowledging that something happened to me or acknowledging my own current reality is not, does not put me in a victim mentality. Until we see the facts of our life as clearly as possible with awareness and grace, we cannot change our lives or our reactions. Um, Jack Canfield, he is the author of uh, the books, The Success Principles, but he also wrote um, all of the Chicken Soup books, Chicken Soup for the Soul books. Um, he, one of his famous quotes is, you can't heal what you don't acknowledge. Dr. Phil says something similar. You can't change what you don't acknowledge. And I 100% 
believe that those are true. A lot of times people say, shh, if you don't acknowledge it, maybe it will just go away, right? You know, like if you don't answer the door, if you don't come to the door, maybe the people will just go away. And I think a lot of times we think that if I don't acknowledge what the negative things going on in my life, the difficult things going on in my life, if I don't acknowledge that this abuse happened to me, if I don't acknowledge that I'm struggling with this, if I don't acknowledge that my relationship is not what I want it to be or that my children are not, you know, achieving in school the way that I would like it to be, if I don't acknowledge these things, maybe they'll just resolve themselves. Maybe they'll just go away. Maybe it will just take care of itself and I won't have to deal with it. And I think that we are conditioned that way in society to really think about things in that way, particularly the difficult things, particularly all these memories that keep coming back to me. We're taught that if I just ignore them and we're told if I just ignore them, that they will just go away, right? And I shouldn't focus on them because that will just bring me down and everyone else around me will just bring us all down. And as long as I ignore them and don't focus on them, then things will will get better, right? Right? Isn't that how it's supposed to work? But the truth is, that's not the case. Russell Simmons says, mistakes only cost you when you don't acknowledge them. Right? Things in our life, if we don't acknowledge the reality of our life, simply state the facts. This is the reality of our life. If we don't acknowledge that, we can't heal. We can't change. We can't, we can't move forward. We can't move forward. Again, from Bessel van der Kolk, as long as you keep secrets and suppress information so you don't acknowledge things, you are fundamentally at war with yourself. The critical issue is allowing yourself to know what you know, and that takes an enormous amount of courage. Ladies, to acknowledge reality, to acknowledge what's going on in your life, what happened, what happened or what is happening takes a lot of courage. It takes a lot of courage to say, I don't like where my life is. I don't like what's going on right now. I don't like our current relationship. I'm not okay with what is happening in my job. I'm not okay with what happened in my past. Acknowledging any of those things takes a lot of courage. But until we acknowledge those things, they hold us hostage. For instance, Gary Zuvak said, what you don't see and don't acknowledge in yourself you end up projecting onto someone else. I'm going to say that one more time. What you don't see and don't acknowledge in yourself, you end up projecting onto someone else. I totally believe that's true. I've seen that in my own life for sure. I project onto other people what I don't like about myself and what I don't acknowledge about myself. Until we acknowledge the things in our life and we do so in a safe environment with safe people, And we recognize that acknowledgement does not equal blame. Acknowledgement does not equal fear. Acknowledgement does not equal shame. Acknowledgement does not equal victim mentality. It's just a simple statement of facts. When we can realize that in our life and we can really internalize that in our life, we get a lot of power. Acknowledging the reality of our life gives us a lot of power. I have seen that happen in my life. As I've worked to acknowledge the fact that I can't be trusted with food, right? I now have, I recognize that there are things I need to change. I need to plan. I need to do different things. And as I do those things in my life, my life and my relationship with food changes. 
as I acknowledge, as I acknowledged in the past that I had an addiction, that there were a lot of issues there around sex, around intimacy, around physicality, around my own body. As I went through and acknowledged all of those things, the difficult to acknowledge, as I went through and did that though, I started to gain some power in my life. I started to learn to stay sober. I started to learn the habits that I needed to recover from my addiction. Acknowledging reality gives us power because it allows us to change and to heal. We can't heal and change until we acknowledge what's going on in our life. So your homework today, ladies, is to think about your life. What are two things? Identify two things that you are not currently acknowledging. Maybe you don't have the bandwidth to work on them right now. That's fine. Just write them down. Share them. Say, I'm going to circle back to these things that I'm not acknowledging. One of the things I did recently was write, a, like I said, write a list of these memories that have resurfaced. Some of them I've been able to circle back to and kind of ask, what are you trying to teach me? Some of them I haven't been able to yet. But acknowledging that that that, that was there, that this happened, that this memory came up, holds great power. Writing it down holds great power. I just wrote a few sentences. I didn't write it in detail. But it is hold, it holds great power. And those that I've circled back to and spent some time working and processing has really helped me to change my perspective about things, to help me heal parts of my life. And I'm incredibly grateful for that. So I hope that you will follow through on your homework today and identify two things in your life that you need to acknowledge publicly, that you need to talk to someone about and do it. Do it. Write it down and talk to someone in an environment that will be safe. Now, real quick before we close, I just want to give a big shout out to our Worth Warriors. You ladies are totally amazing. When a woman reaches out for help in sex addiction or any addiction, it's my mission to provide the voice in the hand of a woman to reach back. Worth Warriors, you make that possible. I love you ladies so much. It takes a lot of time to write, produce, edit, and post each of these podcast episodes. And you ladies who contribute monthly as a Worth Warrior, you guarantee that this podcast remains free for all women out there. And I can't thank you enough for that. If you've been enjoying what you're learning, if you're a regular listener, or if this podcast has helped you even just a little bit, get on the website and become a Worth Warrior. There are special perks, discounts for the Worth of Recovery events. You can join the Worth Warriors for as little as $4 a month. That's less than a dollar an episode. Get on the website, look for your Worth Warrior logo, and join the movement. You can do all of that at worthrecovery.com, www.worthrecovery.com. Okay, as always, remember, I hope you remember, that you are worth recovery. No matter what is going on in your life, no matter what you need to acknowledge that maybe you haven't done yet, no matter how shameful you feel, no matter what others around you are saying or doing, you are worth recovery. You're 100% worth it. I believe in you. You can do it. Keep up the fight. I think about you. I pray for you and I love you. Until next time, Amy.
legal stuff. The mission of Worth Recovery is to dispel shame and build hope in the lives of women struggling with and recovering from sex addiction. I am not associated with any 12-step group, religious organization, or therapeutic clinic. I am an addict sharing my own experiences and recovery.